This is the Olive Magazine podcast, a weekly roundup of food and drink chat brought to you by the team behind Olive Magazine. I'm Janine, Olive's food director, and I'll be hosting this episode. It's British Pie Week, so we are doing a pie special. I've come to Melton Mowbray, home of the pork pie, to judge at the 2018 British Pie Awards and find out what it takes to become a winner. Then later on, I'll be popping into Dickinson and Morris, the oldest pie shop in town, to make my own pork pie and learn why this British classic deserves its PGI status. Okay, so I'm here with Stephen Hallam, who is the treasurer of the Melton Mowbray Pork Pie Association. And we're going to get into pork pies in the next section in, in, in much detail. But um, at the moment, we're here to talk about the British Pie Awards. Um, we're in St Mary's Church in Melton Mowbray. And um, this is the scene of the judging, which is going to happen tomorrow on the um, 7th of March. Um, welcome to the podcast, Stephen. Welcome, indeed. <laughs> Um, so this is the 10th anniversary of the Pi Awards, isn't it? It is indeed. They, they all arose, if we just took a trip down memory lane, um, the Port Pie Association was formed back in 1998 uh, with a purpose to gain protected geographical indication. This was protected status yeah. for Melton Mowbray Port Pies. Um, that journey uh, took us some... 10, 11 years, yeah. quite a long time, Hill, sort of hills to go over, hurdles and all of that. And after we'd done all of that, we sort of said to ourselves, well, where do we go from here? We've got mm. protected status. Um, I know what, let's have a competition. Let's celebrate <laughs> excellence. So pies are a national favourite, yeah. um, be they sweet or savoury, whether you eat them hot or cold. So he said, let's have a competition. Where should we hold it? It's got to be in Melton Mowbray. <laughs> and that was the seed. That yeah. was, that, that's from where it all began. And uh, I forget how many pies we had in that first year, but we pr- probably around uh, four or five hundred. Um, this year we've got 960. Wow. <laughs> uh, you can't have a competition just for Melton Mowbray pork pies alone. No. Well, you could, but you could. we wanted to celebrate national excellence yeah. and, and help improve all those pie makers out there, yeah. make even better products. So we, we quickly realised, yes, you need sweet and savoury. There are pies, if they're savoury, that should be heated up to yeah. eat because that's how they're designed. I, I can think of nothing worse perhaps than eating a cold steak cold and gravy pie <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, 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 yeah any so that's how you started to form your categories then a- for a- entry absolutely um beef is an enormous category so we started to split it up yeah um steak and kidney on its own then we've got beef and ale beef and cheese beef and vegetable yeah likewise with chicken uh, we had chicken on its own and it swamped us so we split that by uh, uh, variety mm. um Fish pies, well, they're out there. Um, you've got uh, a fruit pie. We originally had just Bramley apple and mm. a dessert pie, but we, we brought that into one now. Um, let's turn to some cold pies. So there's, yes, Melton Murray pork pie. There's pork pie. There's savoury pies. There's savoury pies that can be heated up, yep. say savoury and game, and savoury pies designed to be eaten cold. Okay. Um, we <clears> have, <throat> gosh, it's, it's just so hot, lamb. Uh, we introduced meat and potato because that is quite a big seller mm. up, up in the northwest. You can see how that 900 um, entry figure you get to quite quickly then. So, and and it's, it's just not not just about this this big volume of pies. Yeah. It's just arisen. Just to cover everything. So you mentioned fish pie before and that's interesting because just to um, 
so people understand that to enter the pie competition, you have to be a completely enclosed pastry pie. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so I, I, what people might think about fish pie, like I do in my head, which is instantly potato topped, yeah. creamy fish, that, that wouldn't yes. get in. With or without peas yeah. or with or without <laughs> egg and all of that. Argument. Not interesting, that. No. It's a filling. Uh, that is totally encased in pastry yeah. and baked. Yeah. So not deep fried or, no. or any of that or steamed, it's baked. So all those pie purists who say a pie in a dish with a pastry top is not a pie, they would love this competition. Well, because it, it, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what, guys and girls, <laughs> that is a casserole with a topping. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and th- there's a reason for this, because when, when you've got a filling totally encased mm. in pastry, the, the baking of that pastry, both top and bottom, to be yeah. correct, so there's no more... You've got to work harder. You, you have. You've got to understand your oven, you've got to get the thickness of the pastry right, you've yeah. got to get the pastry right itself, it's got to be in sync with the filling, mm. because there's a synergy between whatever your filling is and the pastry. Yeah. Uh, one can let the other down, and the pastry is half the pie. So, um, and, and on it went. We, we got into pub pies, mm-hmm. so pies that are sold in pubs. We got into sports pies, so huge, huge market out Yeah, there. it's massive, isn't it? I know there's some just, football teams that really rate their... Well, it's never, nothing to do with the league <laughs> and where they are playing no. football. It's to do with their pies, yeah. you know. And uh, Norwich held the first uh, the first medal for a while, but then we know who was involved with Norwich in, in, in those days. Um, pasty. Yeah, and uh, quite controversial. I was, I was, I was surprised about the inclusion of a pasty because, to me, it's a separate thing to a pie. Well, yes and no. By by our own definition, yeah, it's enclosed. Pasty is a pie. It's yeah. enclosed, and so why should we segregate it? No. And if you went to France, there's an enormous number of pies. For example, yeah, uh, that's a sort of pastry two bits of pastry and, and then there's a filling inside it's yeah. not necessarily the pie shape that we may yeah. have so they're in there and a couple of years ago they, they won the they supreme won the champion. supreme champion didn't they and uh, i think there was a bit, oh, of, a, bit of a so hoo-ha about it pie, pie purists went ballistic mm. uh mr huddleston uh from cumbria there who won the award um <laughs> he just he lovingly makes about 24 pasties a day i had a big decision to make you know, he he could have turned around and made that two and a half thousand pasties a day really? if he so wished. Yeah, uh, he chose not to. His pasties are still there, and so he's uh, still he's still making them in small batches. Well, I think he makes forty eight now. All right. <laughs> he's just after production. Fifty percent. Yeah, but um, the the other interesting side, of yeah. this, the people that enter the competition. Yeah. Um, from the outside looking in, you might say, well, it's always the same people that win and the big guys and, and they're doing it for a living and Rat Pack, Stack and Seal, etc. 70% mm. of all the entrants, those people that put their pies in to be judged, yeah. are small producers. And to us, a small really? producer is somebody who has, in their business, five or less people making wow. pies. And it, it can be huge, life-changing for some people. Yeah. Um, we, we have some that have experienced that change. They come down passionately. Yeah, they yeah, stay yeah. for two or three days. They watch their pies being yeah. judged. As You can sit to the side and see all that happening. And they learn a lot by watching, huge, I guess. Huge amount. Yeah. And, and it's... We, we, we... I'm sort of stuck for words, really. It's sort of unlike me. We're quite proud, I think, what the work that the association has done in its 10 years with this competition, improving the quality, um, causing people who make pies 
to actually take a little bit more care and mm. passion in what they're doing. Um, is it the best pie they could make? And if it's not, why are you putting it in the competition? Yeah. You know, strive, strive and strive again if at first you don't succeed. And also given, you know, like you said, everyone has got an equal chance. Um, I've been a judge the past two years. Luckily, luckily been a judge. And um, and judging the pies, um, you you kind of, it's all blind. Everyone starts from the same um, sheet. You know, it's, it's basically if, whether you're making a million pies a year or however many pies a year, you've got the same chance of, of winning, basically. So that's a great support for the, the small producers, as you said. Incredible. that It is a process and it's important to be a process, very impartial. Yeah. Um, we need, for this year, about 140 judges. Yeah. So, uh, and those we have, and judges are paired up yeah. to people, um, not necessarily like-minded, so you, you might have an expert and a non-expert yeah. or what have you. Um, to sort of keep each other in check, really, abs- isn't it? Absolute. To make sure that you're not just going off and a- absolutely on your, your own yeah. little tangent and deciding that this is the best pie you ever had when the other person can say, but hang on a minute, what about... So, yeah. That's it. And we... A pie is subjectively judged. So, mm. first and foremost, one as a judge expects the pie that's in front of you yeah. to be the best whoever has entered it could do. Right. So, so, you're looking for excellence. So, you say, right, it's 100%. It's as good as it can be, 100 marks. Yeah. And then we have a number of criteria we apply. So, this we've got six here, haven't we? Six in different types. It's yeah. actually really, I mean, this is one thing I really wanted to talk about because when I first did it, I couldn't believe how detailed the criteria was, but it actually gives you a framework in which to to properly objectively judge a pie it does indeed and it's all about your senses yeah we've got five senses yeah and the perfect pie should excite all five yeah simple as that and and a a uh, if there's a dead heat and you've you've got to be a dividing factor between two pies yeah the question you one would always ask is which one would you buy again yeah which one would you recommend wholeheartedly for friends to go yeah. out and buy and that sets them <laughs> apart. And it's all about your senses. Yeah. So we start off with appearance. Yeah. And we allocate 20 marks to appearance. When you're walking down a street, when you look in a shop window, you go into the baker's, the butcher's shop, or if something catches your eye, mm. it's generally because it's good. It might be very, very bad. Yeah. But we'll leave that. Um, it's, if it's good. And that might cause you to buy it. And if the inside lives up to the outside... You'll buy it again. Buy it so again, it all yeah. starts with appearance. Yeah. If it doesn't look good, no. then generally you'll pass it by. So it's the sense of sight. The perfect pie should really look good. Yeah. It's have a wow factor. And, and uh, very simple. Is it attractive or isn't it? And we're not just um, talking about really... Because there's some, there's some pies, especially in the, uh, in the sort of decorative pork pie category we've got amazing pastry work on them haven't they and sort of really intricate but then again I remember last year we just had one of the most beautiful little kind of round um it was just like the most perfect looking pie like really plump and really shiny pastry and really kind of appetizing looking but it was very simple but it was like a beautiful example of a simple pie so it's not Absolutely. it's not the fanciest looking thing no. it's no. just what really you, you can have too much glaze yeah um, it can be too artificial as if it's been varnished because yeah. uh, there are gums out there that make something really oh, shiny. Okay. <laughs> um, you, you, don't, uh, you don't want to see it burnt. No. It, because burnt is uh, sort of an indictment really on the baker. Mm. Um, and you don't want to see too much boil out, some. 
depending Boil, on... Can you explain what boil out Boil is, out, okay, so we have pastry and closing of filling and yeah. when when the pie bakes yeah. you may get juices it could oh, be yeah. gravy so it could be sauce it's a bit that bubbles out yeah it bubbles out um one can control that technically um with, with potato or starches or whatever you're doing so but it looks healthy to have a little bit coming out but you have too much come out yeah it'll go all the way around the rim it'll come down yeah. the side it'll burn on the bottom so it that's not perfect. No. So you, you might take one or two points off for that. Yeah. So that, that's appearance. And the, we've not cut the pie yet. No. It's just sat there in front of us. Okay? <laughs> we've just contemplated the pie. And, and, and you might be picking up an aroma from it as well. Um, the next one is about baking. Um, we apply sort of 15% of the marks to baking. Yeah. Um, and this is when it's both uncut and when cut you've through, cut it. Yeah. So is it perfect and even? Or is the baking uneven, over or underbaked? Um, if the pie is in a foil or a card tray, then you need to take the pie out of the tray and look at it underneath. Mm-hmm. Um, the soggy bottom, classic. You yeah. know, you, and, and that all comes with not knowing your oven. Yeah. You know, we, if some of us have had two or three ovens at home in our time. Um, some of them or, bake higher or lower. That's or, right. You yeah. always want the old one back, don't yeah. you, when you get a new one? <laughs> And the same commercially, yeah. exactly the same. So it's about understanding the oven. Um, and I'm, for, for the baking, we're particularly interested in the pastry. Mm. Um, because it, the correctly baked pie is really indicating the technical baking yeah. skill of the pie maker. Um, top, bottom, side pastry, you're looking at all of those, neither overbaked, no. that's called burnt. <laughs> Or underbaked, which is your soggy bottom. Yeah. But it just needs to be just so. And nice and even as nice well. And e- nice so, and even. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what we call 50 yeah. 50 in the trade. Because you, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll get sort of a white pith a bit on the inside. Yeah. Um, but the remainder should be brown where, where it's, it's baked into it. Um, then we come on to the pastry thickness. Well, you could take it for granted, but. Some pies are made far too thick. Yeah. Some are far too thin. We generally reckon 50-50 pastry to filling. And if you do that, you'll get the perfect bake and the perfect balance. So do you mean, not like half pastry to filling? Yeah, oh, you so mean total. like in, in total? Like in if, total. You t- if you took the pastry and weighed, took yes. it all off and weighed it and took yes. the filling out and weighed it. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So when, when you are making, when you are constructing your yeah. pie, you should, as a baker, be... <laughs> weighing and measuring everything because baking is a science yeah. cooking some say is an <laughs> yeah. art a little bit of this and a little bit of that but baking is very very precise yeah. and uh, you if you don't get it right yeah there, there'll be an error the balance will be off it will yes. or your filling can be busting out of your pastry because you've can. got too much filling in yeah, yeah. If, if if you've too much pastry if it's too thick it won't generally it won't bake properly yeah and if you've baked it for longer so it does bake properly as you say the filling will all bubble out if it's too thin, mm. then uh, it'll all fall apart and won't hold it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's either perfect and even or it's very poor in terms of pastry things. Mm. Then we come on to the texture and the taste of the pastry. Um, remembering it's half the pie, so it should be in harmony with yeah. the filling. So you, you don't want a pastry, for example, that's really flinty and hard yeah. um, and a really soft filling. So there's this relationship always between the filling of a pie and the pastry. Yeah. You, you will get uh, um, like an osmotic effect. You get migration from one to the other. Yeah. So you, 
You just want to eat them together. You're not there to scoop the filling out, are you? It wants to be like absolutely yeah, in harmony, as you said. Um, it shouldn't be too greasy. No. It shouldn't be too dry. It shouldn't be too crumbly. Um, it shouldn't be too salty. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be too bland. Um, and it shouldn't have any off notes either. Yeah. Or taints. You know. So if the fat you've used is, is sort of slightly rancid. Okay. So that can happen. Um, if the materials have not been kept as they should be. Yeah. So, um, and you know if it's right or wrong yeah. when your teeth sink into it and your tongue's touching the pastry. Yeah. So, um, then we come to the filling um, in terms of how well is the pie filled. Yeah, this one really, I, I was really amazed by this because you kind of look at it and you say, because some people would say, well, you can't have a pie too full, can you? Because that means I'm getting lots of filling in there and I'm winning, basically. But... Well, it's been balanced again, <laughs> you see. It, 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 it's a visual assessment, yeah. this. When you cut the pie, t- take the scenario, you, you've bought a pie, and there's this lovely picture on the outside of the box yeah. and, and uh, it's ugh, oodles and all this filling <laughs> poured out. And then when you actually get your pie out of the box, you've heated it up, you take it out of the foyer, you cut it. Where's all that? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Where is it? Yeah. So you, your mind's in a place of expectation from this glorious yeah. sort of six-colour photograph. Yeah. And, oh, dear. So it, it's, um, yeah, does the name and the title of the pie match what you see and match yeah. your expectation? Yeah. And, and that, that's in interesting of introducing the name as well because yeah because we do get the name when we judge which is yeah um, but and sometimes you open the pie and you're like well, well, where is the where's the ham in this like you're you know right. chicken and ham pie i can't That's see it. any so if, if you're calling something yeah. for example chicken and ham with rosemary yeah well that's that's your selling yeah, you're, point you're isn't right, it yeah, so it should be there anticipate it and, uh, and and don't come up with some weird or wacky or unusual name <laughs> And then uh, and, not and deliver. Not, not, yeah, absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. Um, pretty obvious, I would have thought, but there you go. And for hot pies, um, the particulates, so the protein, the vegetable, so mm. the protein, the meat or the vegetable, and, and the size of them, are they in balance with the sauce? Yeah. Because you can have things that are too finely minced mm. or too coarsely chopped up. Um, they need to be just right. Not it's all about much. the balance, Not isn't it? Yeah. It is, it is. <laughs> it's like um, pie zen. <laughs> and then, then we come to what we give sort of most marks for. Uh, mm. That's the filling, texture and taste. Yeah. Uh, 40%. And it can range from exceptional to very poor. Um, like the pastry, the filling's the other half of the pie. Does it taste as good as it looks, as it smells? Because yeah. you all... In all, all of this senses, process, yeah. you've been touching, you've been smelling, you've been looking. Mm. Uh, you know, if it's really greasy or, or if it's too dry and flinty with the pressure. Now we get mm. into the filling. Um, the primary ingredients, can you see them? Can you detect them? Can you taste them? So this mm. is what you've been told is in the pie. So yeah. you've got the title of the pie and it may say uh, East Anglian carrots with courgettes and, and, and swede, let's say. And, yeah. And, uh, well, if you can't see those, yeah. you're making a play on it. You know, that, is that right? No, it's not no. really. So it just, <clears throat> just causes people to think in how they're describing it. Um, the filling should be neither too seasoned nor under seasoned. 
No, if you're calling it a vindaloo curry pie, yeah, then you that's know, one thing. You know that's it's going to be thing. hefty. But what yeah. you don't call is call it a curry pie and it's vindaloo. Yeah. You know, that, that, you, you need to be taking the customer yeah. with you on, the, on this journey. Is the filling too thick or too thin, too gloopy, or is it moorish? It's yeah. just so. <laughs> I need, need a little bit more. And are the flavour combinations right? Yeah. You know, you, <clears throat> chocolate is, is a fairly trendy, sexy thing at the minute to put in, say, with beef or what have you. It has been for a oh, while. Oh, just for the, that little depth of flavour that you yes, sometimes yeah. do in chilli, don't you? Like, but, add a but, bit of but, chocolate for richness. Um, but if you but, overdo it, it's horrible. Absolutely right. And <laughs> do you want to include that in the name? Mm, um, that would be often to me, uh, I think. Exactly. You know, so... And this is all about... This whole yeah. process is about helping people... Yeah. Um, putting their pies together in, in terms of formulating them and baking them and, and selling more, etc. And then finally, you know, if there's any vegetables or, or proteins as mm. well, meats, etc., are they undercooked and tough or overcooked and unrecognisable? Yeah. Nothing wrong, nothing worse, sorry, say with a, a beef or a steak pie mm. where you, you've got to get the steel out to sharpen mm. your knife yeah. to cut through Chewing this, through, just chewing and chewing and yeah. chewing and chewing. Because <laughs> either you've not tenderised yeah. it or you've not cooked it properly or you've used the wrong cut or, mm. or what have you. So we go through all of this. And that's why people, two people do it. Yeah. So one's cutting and, and uh, uh, the other one's writing down. And you're constantly discussing with Absolutely. each other, what do you think about this? Or oh, this is really good. Or oh, this pastry tastes a bit off to me. Or it's a little bit too tough. You know, sometimes you get really tough pastry. So... so Absolutely. So we've gone through all of that for yeah. every pie. Yeah. And all of this is recorded on a sheet. And uh, each pair of judges are asked to make comment mm. on their pie. How could this pie be improved? So it, it's sort of positively... Yeah, positive criticism or, you know, helpful criticism to say a bit longer bake or maybe a bit more gravy next year or maybe, you know, cook the meat for a little bit longer. That's right. So it's, it is targeted at being mm. positive with the criticism to help the baker, the chef, does, the cook. Does the person, does the entrant then get the marks for each section they as do. well? They, they do. do. So they, they get, can go back and say, yeah. God, we really <clears throat> fell down on the fill in that time, but we got like top marks for pastry. And that, and that can yeah. happen because at the end of a uh, uh, the judging process, um, so let, let's, for example, take, because yeah. um, I'm sort of in a position where I just happen to know this. <laughs> take, let, let's take vegetarian pies. Yeah. Um, we've got 84 entries. Um, second biggest entry this year, 86 is beef and any other sort of flavour. Right. So 84 pies, they've all been vegetarian pies, they've all been judged, and we're after the top three. Right. Um, so there will then be a deliberation of all the judges, and in that particular class there's 12 judges to okay. judge 84 pies in their pairs, and you have a final deliberation of the top three. Yeah. Uh, to ensure that it's in harmony, it's right. Well, actually, we've got a first and second equal. Yeah. But, you know, one of those second equals, let's compare it to the first. Now we've got yeah. these there. Yeah. Are we being a little hard on this? Is, is, uh, should we be... The appearance is better than that, etc. So we, <clears throat> we revisit the top three. So there is a consensus of all 12 judges that they are the right top mm. three. And uh, the top three are advised on the Wednesday evening after the judging, and invited to come to a presentation luncheon. Uh, again, 
here in St Mary's Church. Okay. Is that the top three of the entire competition? No. Oh, just of each of section? Each, of oh, each section. Okay. Well, of so each we'll, we'll have a luncheon yeah. in here, an awards luncheon, yeah. and uh, the top three are invited, and then the top one is announced on the day. That must be a tense lunch. <laughs> Probably quite a lot of wine gets drunk on that lunch. <laughs> on the, on the, well, actually, it's Melton Red Beer because we Is made it? that oh, locally. Nice. So, and beaver uh, elderflower presse and, and, and what have you, and Switzerland water from yeah. locally. Yeah. Um, but we do have the overall winner, the, yeah. the Tiladorum, the, the supreme champion. So out of the 21 classes, there is a winner of each. Yeah. And the chairman of the judges this year is Colin Woodhead from Scarborough. Um, we'll ascertain which one is worthy of being the winner of winners. Okay. Now, that's at this level. So he'll taste each of yes, the 21 yes. and he will make that decision on his own? Yes. Wow, that's yes. a lot of responsibility. It is. It's a he's, lot of pie as well. <laughs> he, he's been around the whole day. He's there for help, advice, right. uh, dealing with any disqualifications. So he's or, seen the process happening. He, he knows all of that. Yeah. Um, when it gets to this sort of stage for the winner of winners, you're, you're not looking at the scores and, no. and comparing the scores. You're literally doing what you said before, which is you're going on your gut and on your you, you knowledge and on your kind of... In, indeed. So you start off with um, bringing some to the front and putting some to the back. Yeah. Um, which ones excite you, Yeah. first of all? And then you start honing it down. Yeah. Uh, it, it is by your sense. It yeah. is skill levels. You know, if it's a particularly difficult... Uh, pie to make that mm. that will have a bearing but even at this stage he won't know who's made what pie oh, okay so all he knows is he's got 21 winners in front of him yeah and they um he's got to come up with one winner wow yeah a lot of a big <laughs> job oh well, that's brilliant i mean thanks for taking us through the process as well because i think people can see now exactly like how much detail goes into it how much love goes into it because that's what it's all about at the end of the day like the love of pie um, and I'm really looking forward to getting into my category tomorrow which you I don't know what you, I'm going to do you don't know what you're going to do, do you? I do, oh, I do please I don't can't. let it be sweet pies <laughs> but um, yeah I think um, we're now going to head off to um, Dickinson and Morris um, well, well we'll catch up again but um, thanks very much for that Stephen thanks I'm here again with Stephen wearing his other hat, which is the MD of Dickinson and Morris, which is one of the most famous pork pies, I think, in the country. And and I think you just said the shop's the oldest in town, in Melton Mowbray? Indeed. Oldest, only remaining uh, pork pie shop here in Melton Mowbray. John Dickinson started making pies here back in 1851. Wow. So, uh, yes, wow. Well, forget which anniversary is coming next, about yeah. 170th next, I yeah. think. And you were just telling me quite an interesting story about how it's kind of the synergy of, um, because here Melton Mowbray, um, we're in the middle of kind of Stilton country as well, aren't we? So we've got two things that have got PGI status, which means protected... Geographical, geographical indication. Yep. Yeah. One of them's the Melton Mowbray pork pie and the other one is Stilton cheese. Indeed. Yeah. Um, for the pies, it all it all started years ago. A farmer's mm. wife was was making some cheese locally, and she sold this to her relative who owned the Bell Inn in Stilton, still there today. And in those days, um, it was on the Great North Road, the A1. It is today, actually, yeah. but bypassed. <laughs> and uh, passengers would uh, uh, stroll across the track from the stagecoach when it stopped to change horses and sample the ale and sample the cheese. Okay, knows the cheese from Stilton. Yeah. 
um, and to make Stilton, you take the milk. It's pasteurized nowadays. You add to it uh, the mold and the rennet. It curdles, and the curd goes on to form the cheese. And yep. the whey was found to be a useful supplement for pigs. So oh, there became yeah. lots of pork about, and a grocer yep. and a baker got together making pies containing this pork <laughs> here in Melbourne. It was a beautiful mar- marriage made in heaven. Then. Indeed, you couldn't yeah. write the script, really. Yeah. It's, it's superb. And then the fame of the pie spread thanks to hunting. Yeah, um, That happens in autumn and winter, September through to March and April, and hunting folk descended upon the area with all their horses. They needed grooms, so they mm. turned to the labourers. No work to do in autumn and winter. They'd work in the fields, spring and summer. Oh, yeah, of course. So they became grooms, <clears throat> and their staple diet was a chunk of meat, veal, in autumn, in, in spring and summer, sorry, pork in autumn and winter. Okay. And uh, they'd wrap this up in a pastry and in, in, uh, put it in the fire out in the fields, and the pastry would char and blacken, called the coffin. They'd throw that away, and they'd eat meats. <laughs> Um, all the gentry saw their grooms eating sort of disheveled and mucky bits of pork. They wanted something more at market. Yeah. And out of that came uh, the development mm. of the pork pie as we know it today. And the pastry, it's very particular, isn't it? It's a hot watercress pastry um, and it's its quite unusual. It's not pastry as most people would know it. Uh, peculiarly British, I think I would yeah. say. It's not known very much abroad at all. It's a little like making a roux for a sauce, if I yeah. dare say. So boiling water and lard pork fat, lard, not suet, added to flour with a little salt, mix it all. It looks as if it's all gone wrong. Keep mixing, <laughs> comes together and divide it into the weights you need and, and leave it to set up. And before you come to use it, so you generally make it one day, use it the next or longer mm. and uh, you need to temper it. it it needs to be pliable more yeah. or malleable like play-doh yeah you said like play-doh and that, that is exactly the texture because we just we just downstairs in the <clears throat> in the shop which is a beautiful little shop we made um we made our own pork pies and uh and the textures um it's very unusual it is normally you wouldn't be molding and shaping and um you know um messing around with pastry too much like the received wisdoms always don't touch it too much but with this stuff you've got to don't you quite the opposite really yeah. if it's too cold <clears throat> it will be hard and brittle and will crack and fracture so yeah. it needs to be pliable and moldable so you create the pastry case in goes the meat so british um British pork, it has to be for the protected status and uh, pepper and salt for seasoning mm. and shoulder. You could use any cut you like, but we choose to use shoulder. On goes the lid and seal it and bake it. and then. So let's talk about the moulding of the pie because it's, it's called a hand-raised pie. And I understand why that is now because you use um, what looks like a giant round it's called a dolly what would you describe it call it as a jam jar yeah oh yeah then it has a sort of a a pole sticking out the middle of it coming out the top but it's solid wood yes uh a dolly block or mold and you form the pastry around that to make a kind of cup indeed so you 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 put this in the middle of your block of pastry and using your hands you work the pastry upwards nice and evenly around the outside of the mold Mm -hmm. forming this pastry case you take the mold out and then in goes the meat yeah. and uh, put the lid on top. Yeah. You can use a machine to do that. And, and in many uh, um, cases, a machine might give a more um, even thickness of pastry. Okay. Just with, for every pair of hands, you, yeah. know, you, you get a brain for free, but yeah. no two <laughs> pair of hands will produce the same pie, which on the one hand is, is nice, but... Um, when somebody buys a pie, they don't want thick and thin pastry. You want it nice and even yeah. all the way around. 
Um, so, but hand raise means it has been raised by hand. Yeah. So we, we make some here at the shop and we call them handcrafted because we actually pull them up on a machine. So we get nice, even pastry. So oh, okay. Same pastry, same meat, etc. And then we, mm. we take the hoop that we pull them up inside off so right. we bake them with no support and that, oh, that's okay. another part of the uh, importance of protected <clears throat> status they're not allowed to go in the oven in a tin or a hoop totally they've got to they've got to be hold their own little structure and that's why you get this lovely kind of organic slightly bulging shape to the yeah, pastry so you, you you could call it um pot bellied slightly yeah. slumped yeah uh, look no two pies sort of looking the same and it therefore takes more jelly when you yeah. You fill it up and the jelly, of course, being bone stock, yep. which is pork bones or trotters boiled up, reduced down, um, just as if you're making your own <clears> soup <throat> at home. And then the, we put that in through the top, uh, two holes, one lets the jelly in, the other lets the air out. And the reason you put jelly in is putting moisture back into yeah. the meat. Because we were just saying it's really important, even though some people are a little bit, they might scrape that jelly off, I wouldn't. Um, it's there because it, it surrounds the pie on the sides, but you were saying it also kind of sinks into the meat Yes, as well? it's absorbed by the meat. It doesn't oh. just go between the filling and the, the pastry case. It goes within the meat. So as the meat cools, it absorbs yeah. that jelly. It's putting moisture back into the meat yeah. that the meat loses when it bakes. And, and when, when you come to eat a pie, it's a combination of the, the, the rich, mm. uh, crunchy pastry, the succulent pork and the tasty jelly. Mm. You don't buy a pie just to eat the one and leave the other i think what's really interesting about it having having just made one and gone through the process is that it's the simplicity of it because you're not i was thinking i don't know like in my head oh there's going to be like a special spice mix so there's going to be a little curing thing that goes on or there's going to be you know something extra that you add but you're literally using all the parts of the pig like to make the jellied you know to make the pork using the, the pork fat to make the the pastry and then your your meat, your your pork shoulder, you're literally cutting it two ways. One way's minced, one way's a little bit uh, like more chunkily cut and seasoning it, and that's it. You don't do anything else to it. No, it's you've actually absolutely <clears throat> spot on because by its very simplistic nature yeah. is what makes it so special, and it's linking with this the heritage and the story. Yeah. It's not a Jules Verne novel. No. This is actually true and it happened. <laughs> and, and, now we have, I say now, we, we've had it now for some 15 years, the protected status. Yeah. That's it for perpetuity. Nobody else can come along and then start copying this elsewhere. No. Um, and that's important because, you know... It's quality it, control, isn't it, as well? You don't want anyone to just come along and, and say this is a Melton Mowbray pork pie and, it's, it. And, and it lets you down if it's bad. There's, there's a huge belief... Um, by uh, consumers, by the public, that somewhere or other is a company called Melton Mowbray Pork Pies <laughs> Limited that make all these pork pies. It's not the case. Right. There are um, nine members of the Melton Mowbray Pork Pie Association. <clears throat> and uh, and they're the only people that can make the pies. Abs- absolutely. For all the pies that uh, you see throughout the whole of the UK and further afield, um, they're all made within this area ar- around Melton Mowbray. Wow. And and you're one of the people that helps police that. <laughs> we are, we are the, the best police yeah. are members of the public. Yeah. To be honest, um, ultimately it's, it's police by trading standards, mm. um, and that's what's good about having this uh, protected status because that's a benchmark. Yeah. Uh, that, that's it's quite clear. Yeah. But we ourselves here 
um, at the pie shop, we receive letters addressed to Melton Pies Limited, Melton really? Pies. No, no address. It's just addressed. To, <laughs> it's like Santa it. Claus. It and, gets and, you. <laughs> and we open them up, yeah. and there's a label in there. It's not our pie. It's yeah. not a Dickinson and Morris pie. It's, it's, it's from wherever. So, uh, so you. So just to be clear, you can call something a pork pie, and it's. It's fine to call it a pork pie. But as long as it contains pork. Yep. It can be any sort of pork. It could be cured pork. Right. It could be uncured pork. And it matches the, the <clears> legislation <throat> of how much pork is in there. But to be called a Melton Mowbray pork pie, it needs to be hand-raised. No. No? Oh, okay. Three, three key, key okay. points. Okay. Needs to be made within a specific geographical area. Okay. And that's around Melton. Yeah. It's sort of between Nottingham, Leicester, Northampton, Stamford and Grantham and Melton's in the middle. So okay. So links with the story of the heritage. <clears throat> yeah. It needs to contain fresh, British and uncured Un- pork. Uncured pork, yeah. So uncured meaning when it's baked, it's the same colour as a joint of roast pork. Yeah. It's not bright pink or red. It's no. not bacon or ham. And the third point is the pies are baked with no support. So they go into the oven with no tin or no hoop. So it's the hoop and the tin, that's the thing. So it gets that very particular shape to it. Absolutely. Okay. And uh, that calls for a particular baking skill, technical skill, to ensure your pastry is properly baked um, and not burnt or not raw Mm. um, because you haven't got the heat that you would have from a tin or a hoop touching the pastry and therefore better what we call heat penetration into the pastry, uh, would bake it out a lot quicker. Yeah. Uh, and potentially for the better, but we haven't got <clears> that. So, yes, you, you've... Uh, How many pork pies do you eat a week? <laughs> I should think, well, yeah, I, I, in, in the course of a week, I would eat a whole one pounder, I should think. Not yeah. in one sitting, but I'm tasti- <laughs> tasting every day. Are you? Um, I'm a baker by profession, in my heart, and if there's something not right, yeah. it's too late when you've sold that pie. You know, we need to be a step ahead and know there's something wrong. So you need to be constantly testing your product and making sure that the consistency is still there. And, you know, you can tell from a smell sometimes that it's just not quite... I'm not meaning an off smell, but Mm. you get a characteristic smell, uh, aroma, uh, perhaps I should say that... "Mm." That's, yeah, what's that? I'm not talking burnt. You, no. you just get, you you know, when cake comes out of the oven. Yeah, you, you, you know it's you, done. You, yes, and but you, you've got that the sweet notes of the, the fruit that's in there, the butter, the rum, etc. And it's the same with the pie. Um, you also know by looking, um, quite often, you know, something's good on the outside, it's equally good inside. Yeah. It's good little insight into judging that. Yeah. You know, just like you or me, if we're feeling pretty bad and grim and lousy you'll probably on the inside you'll look it on the outside and and in the world of judging that can be quite often the case not always but quite often the case too um and then of course when you cut the pie you can tell by the sound that you're cutting that pastry it's rich it's crunch the crunch comes because it's hot water paste it's not crispy like cracking a a cheese cracker dry and lean this is rich and when when you taste it you eat it you sample it 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 sort of melts in the mouth like a digestive it's got a kind of crisp almost crispiness on the outside but it's like a like a shell like a really very thin shell and then you go into the really crunchy but kind of Juicy pastries. Yes. And if you've taken it out of the fridge for an hour before yeah. you try it, oh, it's Nirvana, that's heaven. You know, <laughs> so How do you, what do you eat yours with? Um, I like it on its own. Um, I, I like it uh, maybe with salads or, or some 
hot potatoes mm. sometimes, but generally I'm eating it with a slice of Stilton. Oh, and, together. And, and, That's and, nice. And, <laughs> and, some, uh, and some chutney as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much for um, spending time with us today, Stephen. I've learned so much um, and I got to taste um, a pie. I've made one. I'm going to get it back tomorrow, hopefully. Um, but yeah, thanks for introducing us to Dickinson and Morris. Thanks so much, thank Janine. That was the Olive Magazine podcast. If you like this episode or you have any suggestions, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. For more information on things in this episode, you can visit our website, olivemagazine.com. You can pick up a copy of our March issue now from newsagents or go and download the app version. Bye for now, and we'll be back next week with more food and drink chat.